Hello, welcome to Spirituality Simplified. I'm your host, Allie Stewart, intuitive energy healer and founder of Soul Healing with Allie. In this podcast, I will share with you what I have learned in my quest for the truth and break down all things spiritual into easy to understand concepts so that you can take what resonates and continue your own journey of discovering and connecting with your true divine self. Hello, welcome to Spirituality Simplified. I'm so excited for today's episode because we have a special guest on, Jody Cohen, and she is going to talk about essential oils for healing. So I'm so excited. I'd love to give a great intro to Jody because she has a very fascinating background. So Jody Cohen is a best-selling author, award-winning journalist, and founder of Vibrant Blue Oils, a top resource for essential oils online. Her number one best-selling book, Healing with Essential Oils, synthesizes decades of leading scientific research to help explain how essential oils work to support the body and the brain. She just recently published a second book, Essential Oils to Boost the Brain and Heal the Body. Yes, we're both putting it up. It's so beautiful, uh, which we will be discussing today on this episode. So after personally experiencing the profound physical and mental benefits of essential oils and addressing her own anxiety, insomnia, and autoimmunity, Jodi wanted to know why. Today, she holds certifications in nutritional therapy, functional neurology, herbalism, and aromatherapy, along with multiple continuing educational courses in plant medicine, brain health, Chinese medicine, and herbalism. Jody has worked closely with healthcare practitioners, including MDs, NDs, nurse practitioners, chiropractors, acupuncturists, health coaches, nutritionists, and yoga instructors to implement the most effective essential oil protocols in clinical practice to support underlying imbalances that often lead to disease, including sleep, stress, digestion, inflammation, detoxification, and blood sugar imbalances. In 2012, she founded Vibrant Blue Oils, which is vibrantblueoils.com, a site where health-seeking consumers and practitioners can purchase quality essential oils. Trained as an investigative journalist, Joni earned her MBA from Columbia University and has worked as a marketing executive at Microsoft, Time, and U.S. News and World Report, and earlier in her career as a legislative aide to Senator Ted Kennedy. Very cool. So today, Jody devotes her time to helping educate and inspire people to take back and rebalance their health by incorporating the simple, potent practice of essential oils. Welcome to the show, Jody. We're so excited to have you. Oh my God, it's an honor to be here. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Such a great background. So tell us about yourself. What led you on this journey towards essential oils? I think that necessity is the mother of invention. You know, when something falls apart and you realize you can fix it, then you start to wonder, oh gosh, why did that work so well? So my journey into health really started with my youngest child. My first one was super easy. 
I just assumed I was a good mom, had another one 22 months later, and he was not easy. He was nonstop. He had no impulse control. He was a sensory seeker. It was exhausting. And I kept thinking, oh, it's my parenting. I just need to read more parenting books or take more parenting classes. So I did everything and and nothing worked. You know, one cue was like, look at our nose. And he could never look at our nose. And then uh, one day, a bunch of us were on a group play date at the zoo, and he was being incredibly behaved. He loved animals, so he was always usually good at the zoo. And my friend was complimenting me, oh, look at how great he's being. And then another mom was like, oh, hey, anyone want a snack? Passed out Ritz crackers. He Jekyll hided and literally took off sprinting in the other direction. So, you know, I sprinted after him, grabbed him, brought him back. And my friend said, okay, I've never seen him do that after eating. You know, my brother was on Ritalin his whole life, and it turned out he was just allergic to weird foods. You should take him to a nutritionist. And I thought, I can certainly do that. You know, I've tried everything else. Why not? And it was life-altering. The nutritionist basically said he's really sensitive to excitotoxins and corn, soy, and soy and dairy. We changed his diet. The next day, he could look at our nose. He was a different child. And I thought, this is profound. You know, I've been killing myself for three years and feeling like an epic failure. And it was food the whole time. So I went back, got a degree in nutritional therapy, was trying to help other moms kind of save them the struggle, you know, that I went through. And it's also people can be very mean. You know, parents, (laughs) a friend of mine wrote a book, Hell is Other Parents. And it's true because they're so judgmental and it it really makes you feel horrible. So anyway, I uh, learned this technique called muscle testing, which is really just an energetic assessment of um, what will put you in balance and how to support you, which came in handy at my next, you know, dip in the road. I think wounded healers tend to... um, go through hard things. And then, you know, it's, it's like a roller coaster. You drop down, you figure out how to crawl your way back out, then the next kind of shoe drops. So uh, my, my then husband, um, after my first was born, we realized he was bipolar. He got really manic. We thought we had him kind of stabilized, had the second, he got really depressed. And the, you know, it's a little bit of that frog in boiling water experience. Like you just keep trying to help and do more. And the more you do, the less they do. So it was almost like the more I tried to help, the the more, you know, he kind of stopped functioning. And it got to the point where friends actually had to stage an intervention and say, you know, this is above your pay grade. You, you need to move him to a residential treatment facility because it's possible he might die on your watch. And we don't want to see that. And so... I found a facility in Texas because there were none in our state. We moved him, and the moment I knew he was safe and it wasn't my job to keep him alive, it was like I had been running, you know, a five-year marathon. All all my energy, emotional and physical energy, was kind of put into this, and it wasn't safe to fall apart. So when it was finally safe to fall apart, I fell hard to the point where I could barely get out of bed. You know, the kids were five and seven. Suddenly I'm a single mom. I have a full-time job. Uh, Like most overachievers, I was um, Uber volunteer and I just had no energy. I'd get up with the kids, make them breakfast, pack their lunches, drive them to school, come home, crawl back into bed and set the alarm for pickup. And I, you know, I knew enough. I knew what should be helping. I was ingesting all the right herbs. And nothing was really moving the needle. 
So uh, a wise friend showed up one day with a big box of essential oils and said, you know, you have been super high stress, which means super high cortisol, which triggers systemic inflammation. It's likely that your gut is so inflamed that nothing you're ingesting is actually making it into your system. Let's try oils. They can go through the skin, you know, topical application gets into the bloodstream quickly. You can inhale them. There's a lot of research that they help calm your mood. And I thought, why not? You know, I've tried everything else. I can certainly try this. So I muscle tested the box. What's going to help my adrenal glands? And I got five oils. I was expecting one, maybe two remedies. And I thought like, oh, okay, well, what can I do with this? And then it occurred to me, oh, they're liquid. I can combine them. So I tested each individual oil, combined them, put them on my low back and felt like myself for the first time in weeks. You know, and then I kept making up other ones. I was like, oh, I'll try one for sleep. Oh, I'll try one for this. And they, they worked every single time. And I thought, well, that's great. I'm just going to, you know, keep doing it. So when I started to feel better, all my friends wanted to try it. It worked for them. And I finally went online, you know, thinking like, how does, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, and kind of people were saying, oh, you should start something with this. And I'm like, oh, someone must be doing this. It's so obvious. But I was super surprised that no one was really looking at oils through the lens of let's balance organ systems and regions of the brain. And also that they made it so complicated. Like I had no idea. I was just kind of trusting my intuition. But when I looked at it, I thought, wow, I'm really grateful that my um, mental bandwidth was so low because I would have felt completely unqualified and I never would have tried it. Mm -hmm. Wow. That is an incredible story. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that. Um, that's, you know, you're right. I mean, it's so, sometimes it's just so simple. And I think that's what I love about this book that you wrote, which we're going to talk about here in a second, but it really does simplify it and make it super easy. Cause you know, I've been working for oils for a long time, but there was so much that I learned in this book that I had no idea, you know, it's like, there was like this beautiful blend of, you know, science behind it, but it was very, simple. It was easy to understand. So um, tell us about this book. So you just released, put it up again for the YouTube watchers. Beautiful. You're just talking about how pretty it is. Um, the second book, so Essential Oils to Boost the Brain and Heal the Body. Um, so tell us a little bit about this book. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because when I was studying nutrition, I was taught that everyone is bio-individual, you know, they're all different, you need to approach everyone individually. And I believed that for a while until I started noticing the same patterns in the clients that I was seeing. And they, they were individual and some of them, you know, had been to like 17 different doctors and had a whole manila envelope full of their test results. And what I started noticing was no matter... It didn't really matter, you know, the, all the test results were kind of data points. At the root of their issue, there were kind of five underlying imbalances that I saw across the board with everyone. And oils actually lent themselves really well to those five imbalances. And when we started to put the body back in balance, all of the symptoms suddenly faded away. So that was really the impetus. I felt like this was information people you know, could really benefit from because when they know what's out of balance and they know how to fix it, it's almost like, uh, you know, Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz, the power lied in her hands the whole time. Mm -hmm. Oils are easy. You can do them at home. You can start to 
um, put yourself back in balance. And for some people, you know, like if your issue is that you're, uh, you know, fatigued, gaining weight and forgetful and you're not sleeping, often when you fix your sleep, those other symptoms start to fall away, right. you know? So mm-hmm. um, I, I really, it, I was surprised again that no one was really putting this information out in the public realm. I was also surprised that certain things that I was noticing in clinical practice uh, weren't really talked about. And I felt like, you know, if, if you can make it easy for somebody else, why not? So that was really the goal. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's interesting. I was thinking about this and, you know, we were kind of talking before this about, you know, when you started writing it, publishing the manuscript, it takes, you know, a couple of years sometimes to do the whole process, but it's interesting that this came out at this time during this pandemic, right? It was, I feel like this was like divine timing and that (laughs) like so many people are struggling with all of these issues and that this is like the perfect solution to kind of like reset and get balanced again um, because of, you know, COVID. I mean, I feel like that just threw so many people off. I mean, sleeping, eating, you mentioned cortisol levels, you know, all everything's just kind of out of whack <laughs> from yeah. stress and, you know, possibly sickness. Um, so it's, it's interesting that it's coming out during this time. Because at first when I was reading, I'm like, I wonder if she started writing this during the pandemic, but you didn't no. before. It takes it takes a really long time. Well, especially um, you know, sadly, COVID killed a lot of the um the book production companies. So this had to be uh, you know, it was printed abroad. Mm, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Okay. So um, you know, do you feel that you know, for you personally working with essential oils and uh promoting them and, and promoting healing? with oils, do you feel like this is your sole purpose in life? Oh, completely. You know, it's really funny. Um, Back in 1991, when I was working in the U.S. Senate, uh, D.C. is expensive. So a lot of people would live in group houses. It was like, you know, the sorority continued. Um, And one of my roommates, we, we had a session with a psychic. And, you know, back in 1991, when I was like 21, he's like, oh, your purpose is healing and children. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. And it, the, the funniest thing is he was talking about, he's like, you're going to do something with computers. And I'm like, yeah, no. And yeah. he goes, no, writing and computers, it doesn't exist yet. They're showing me pencils, writing. He was talking about the internet wow. before it existed and trying to describe so cool. it. And it's funny because I took really copious notes. Like at the time, you know, I was dating my college sweetheart. I'm like, are we going to get married? He's like, yeah, no, but you are going <laughs> to marry someone and have two kids. And, you know, he told me where I was going to go to grad school. It's just funny. He was actually right. But yeah. I, when you have no framework for what people are talking about, it's, it's hard to, um, you know, assimilate it. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting story. I always feel like that's true. Like when you get um, like a spiritual or intuitive psychic reading. Like sometimes I say stuff, you're like, no, no. Like I had someone tell me I was going to write a children's book. I'm like, no way, (laughs) but who knows? You never know. Things happen. Yeah. Um, That's amazing. So, okay. Let's talk about, so your book is divided into a couple different parts. So part one discusses the five steps to getting your brain and body back into balance through the use of essential oils. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about these five steps. 
Yeah. And you know, it's funny, they made the, the first part, the introduction is really about what oils are and how they work, mm-hmm. um, just so people have the framework. And I do believe when I was working, especially with kids, I would notice, you know, you can, it's kind of like, if you don't comply with something, it's not going to help you. Mm-hmm. If an ambulance is stuck in traffic and can't get to the person that needs them, they're not going to save the life. So I started to notice that the more people understood what was happening and why certain things were helping, the more they complied with it. Mm-hmm. And so that was really my intention. So the first part really dives into um, what's going on. Like I, I as a, <laughs> I was going to say as a former type A, I'm probably still a type A personality, <laughs> but you, it's not uncommon for people to know that stress, you know, triggers this hormonal cascade that can throw their body out of balance and undermine their health. But like me, they might say, well, you know, I've got kids, I have a relationship, I have parents, I have all these responsibilities. It's not like I can just drop them to make my life less stressful. I was looking at my external circumstances and thinking that that kind of dictated my stress level. And one of the big ahas actually prior to the pandemic, but I think it's the most helpful thing through the pandemic is that you can't change what's happening outside of you, but you can change your internal response. For example, um, most people have had a situation where they're driving and someone cuts them off. And there are some days where it's fine. They like the song on the radio. They're not in a hurry. It's all good. And the exact same situation can happen a different day and four-letter words fly out of your mouth. <laughs> right. And it's not its not the external situation. It's you and your resilience in that moment and your response to it. And the main message I want to share is that there's a strategic way to use oils so that no matter what insanity is happening outside of you, you can make sure that your response is kind of that of resilience. You don't overreact. You're kind of showing up as your best self. And that's really, that's step one. I think that's the most important step. And that's really what I want to kind of, that's really what I hope everyone can take away from the book, from this talk, from everything that you you get to control how you respond. You get to control how safe you feel and how you react. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you make a great point. You know, I think that um, you're right. You can't control, you know, things external to you, but you can um, take ownership of your own actions, your own healing. And when you do take part, you know, ownership of your healing, I mean, that's really self-empowering too. You know, not only is that, you know, you're helping yourself, but you're helping be a better person, but you're, you're empowering yourself. You're taking charge of your own health and wellness. And that's, that's a huge, I think that's right. It's just the first step, right? Foundation. Well, it's it's all about health sovereignty. It's mm-hmm. all about knowing that you get to control your own self, your own body, your mental, physical, emotional reaction. And that's incredibly powerful. Yes, absolutely. That is. Um, and so the, so the five steps, you talk about the first step, shifting the nervous system into parasympathetic gear. That one it was huge. I know you know we talked about that and kind of mentioned it throughout the whole book. I mean, I think this is one thing that I've noticed too with clients um, is I think people are living in constant fight or flight response. Like we're yes. just constantly responding, but we're not getting out of that. And so our bodies are on constant. Yeah, we're on the hamster wheel. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and and for anyone that that isn't really familiar with this concept, um, your body has an operating system. 
It's called your autonomic nervous system, and it controls your automatic functions, your heart rate, your breathing, your digestion, your detoxification, your immune function, your ability to inflame and anti-inflame. And because it's designed to keep you alive, it has different gears, you know, and different speeds, kind of like a car. You can accelerate or you can slow down. So when you think there might be danger, it's almost like you shift into the fight or flight acceleration gear. This is known as the sympathetic branch of your nervous system. And when there's danger, be it uh, a lion chasing you down the street or any kind of anticipatory stress, fear about losing your job, about a relationship, about your health, about current events, all of those things trigger the same chemical cascade in the body. You know, certain um, responses are upregulated. You know, blood is routed to your arms and your legs so that you can run faster. Your heart beats faster. Your breathing increases because uh, blood carries oxygen and energy to your body. So you need the energy to survive. And certain things are downregulated, deprioritized. Anything that doesn't keep you alive in that moment is not as relevant. And that includes digestion, detoxification, uh, anti-inflammation, and immune function. And so these emergencies, you know, stress is not a bad thing. Like exercise is actually stress, but it's designed to be acute, short, not prolonged, not chronic. And then, you know, just like you're not, even when you're on the freeway, you occasionally have to exit and decelerate. So Ideally, you have this acute stress response, and then your body literally gear shifts into the rest, digest, heal state. You know, you have a great party, everyone goes home, you get to clean up the house. Mm -hmm. And this is when you're able to, blood is routed back to your organs of digestion, detoxification, all of these things. So the goal is to help people get into the parasympathetic branch of the nervous system so that they can relax and heal. How do you do that if you can't control your external circumstances? You control your internal gear shift. It is the longest nerve in your body that most people have never heard of. It's called the vagus nerve, and it is literally the gear shift between the fight or flight state and the rest and digest state. I'm going to give a quick anatomy lesson because it's important because that will help you understand where and how to use it. So right. it connects the brain to the body, body to the brain, starts at the very back of the neck, splits, winds around, and is most accessible behind the earlobe. If you feel behind your earlobe, you'll feel a bone. That's your mastoid bone. It then winds through your throat, your larynx, your heart, your lungs, every organ of digestion and detoxification. You know, if you've ever wondered why you feel better, like after yoga, you know, it's because any place that that nerve uh, travels through, like the lungs, the deep breathing, the twists, the turns of yoga, those are all activating the vagus nerve to stimulate the parasympathetic response. Mm -hmm. So looping back to that point behind the earlobe, that's where it is the thickest and the most accessible. So I, I knew that. And early on, I was like, oh, I wonder if I can use oils because they travel through the skin to stimulate the vagus nerve. And my early mistake was assuming that because the parasympathetic state is the relaxation state, that it should be relaxing oils like lavender and chamomile. And when I started my company in 2012, some interesting research came out about stimulating the vagus nerve. It was a neuroscientist named Kevin Tracy out of New York, and he started surgically implanting pacemaker-like devices in that exact spot to send an electrical signal to stimulate 
the vagus nerve. And this technique was so effective that the FDA actually approved it for epilepsy, migraines, and depression. And when I heard stimulate, a light bulb went off and I thought, oh, wait a minute, stimulatory oils, you know, there are essential oils that are known as stimulatory because they might feel hot. If you put a little drop on the inside of your arm, you know, clove, oregano, cinnamon, thyme, peppermint, rosemary, they can either make the skin a little red or it might feel hot to the touch. If this happens, oil and water don't mix. Put any oil in your house, coconut oil, olive oil on top, and it will dilute it. But I realized, oh, wow, I bet I can use a stimulatory oil in that same way. And so I, I tested a bunch. And one of the things, you know, absorption through the skin is a bit of chemistry. So molecules need to be on the smaller side to get in more quickly. And this is where blends come in handy. Like clove is the most stimulatory. It has some chemical constituents that make it kind of a fabulous choice, but on its own, it takes like 20 minutes to get through the skin. The citrus oils, especially lime, have really small molecules. So when you combine clove and lime, you not only, you keep the stimulatory, but you, um, expedite the access. So all of a sudden you can put an oil on that point behind the earlobe and it works, you know, just like an acupuncture needle. There's an immediate response and stimulation. It then, it stimulates the vagus nerve, turns on the parasympathetic state and turns on all the functions of the parasympathetic state. So digestion improves, detoxification improves, uh, the ability to anti-inflame, the ability to turn on immunity, the ability to uh, focus on things that are not relevant to immediate survival, your ability to access your higher cognitive function, all of those things. And, and the most important thing is that it's your safety gauge. When your body is in the parasympathetic state, you feel safe. You don't feel like your back is against the wall. You know, the world might not have shifted at all, but suddenly you're able to say, oh, wait a minute, you know, I'm, I'm being told this and maybe that's true. It's entirely possible, but, you know, I think I need more information or, you know, perhaps these other things are true. Possibilities open up. And when, when you have possibilities, you have power because you can make choices. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, that, that's such a great explanation. Um, and it's interesting too, because when you think of healing, like we talk a lot, a lot about different healing modalities, you know, sound healing, maybe Reiki, acupuncture, um, and essential oils as well. I mean, this, the goal is to move into that parasympathetic state and, um, in sound healing, we talk about moving your brain into the theta state, which allows your body and mind to just calm so that you can heal. Cause then your yeah. brain is not worried about like, oh my gosh, I got to do this, this, and this, because we're in this panic mode. The body's calm, like, okay, now we can do the healing piece. Um, so that's, I love how essential oils, it's just, it's so easy. There's that, that simplicity, but yet there's so much science. Well, yeah. And, and then it. there is, there is the energetic frequency piece, you know, like, like rose, there's rose has the highest frequency of all the essential oils. And there's so much research out there about how smelling roses kind of um, downregulates fear. You know, there's there's actually a Nobel laureate here in Seattle who was researching uh, olfactory receptors. You know, most people don't realize nose cells are brain cells. And there are specific receptors that help keep you safe. Smell keeps you alive. You can smell food. You can smell water. You can smell predator odor. 
And there are specific receptors that are kind of attuned to predator odor. So this woman, Linda Buck, was looking at those and then took it one step further. What down regulates that fear response? And it turns out it's smelling roses. Like that whole stop and smell the yeah. roses, that's where that comes from. Ah, uh-huh, interesting. Yeah. And I, I do believe it's not just the smell, but the the frequency. You know, the brain doesn't multitask very well. If you're in a high vibe frequency of joy and love, it's really hard to match with fear. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's just so fascinating. So so this is step one. And then there's a couple different steps, um, like improving sleep feeling your brain with energy, reducing stress, and modulating your immune system. So is this uh, kind of a step-by-step process? Do you recommend yeah. in order? Okay, that makes well, sense. Well, you can. I mean, the, the truth is if you're not sleeping, it's very hard to heal. But most people that are not sleeping are not able to access parasympathetic. Mm-hmm. And one of the things, you know, the, the people that are, are really chronically ill and have been for a while – they, they're so, um, you know, they, they, they've kind of lost a little bit of their hope mm-hmm. and they also get easily overwhelmed. So I find that by kind of helping them feel safe and helping to renew their hope and giving them a little bit more energy, it just makes it easier to get started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. You got to calm everything down and then you can kind of address the other yeah. issues and it's probably kind of all just falls into place essentially. Yeah. Okay, great. So, okay. So that's the first part. And then part two of your book is all about how to implement these five steps. Yeah. So it's funny because the book got started before COVID, but the editing process was really occurring uh, as COVID was kind of unfolding. And we used to ship everywhere. My, My company, Vibrant Blue Oils, we would ship anywhere. And then with COVID, we started noticing this interesting trend where uh, the oils would actually arrive in New Zealand, but they would stay in the customs department forever because nothing from the U.S. was really getting through. So at a certain point, we had to just call it and say, listen, this isn't fair. These poor course customers are paying money and then we're adding to their stress by not actually, the package never gets through. Um, so we, we just paused that international delivery, but I would have people from all over the world saying like, I really need, you know, my husband could really benefit from this. And so I just decided why not? I put most of the recipes in the book. So, uh, if you have a whole, um, you know, a whole bunch of oils at home and you want to work with your own and make your own blends, you can totally do that. If you're not quite comfortable with that and you want the pre-formulated version, we have that for you. I'm just really trying to meet people where they're at so that they're able to support their own healing. Yeah. So that's, I think that's a a good point because the book, it outlines it so nicely. Like if you're new to working with oils, it goes kind of step-by-step, breaks it down, gives you the exact recipe and how to work it, you know, how to put it on your body and how many times. Um, but also one question I had too, so maybe if you're more experienced or you've started working with this, um, do you recommend after going through this protocol that you kind of just go day by day, like asking your body what it needs? Like you mentioned in the beginning, you started muscle testing, um, or sometimes I use like a pendulum to ask my body what I need every day. I do that too. And you know, it's interesting. Like there are certain things like you brush your teeth every day. It's not like, oh, I brushed my teeth last week. I'm good. So certain things like parasympathetic, like, you know, 
basically eat, sleep, move, like making sure that you're in parasympathetic, that you're getting a good night's sleep and that you're helping to ensure that the garbage leaves the body through drainage pathways. Those are kind of uh, ongoing. You need to always do that. But certain things like there are times, you know, if your gallbladder has been uh, congested for a long time and then you're able to support it, that's one reason I intentionally make the bottles small. I kind of want it to be like, use it until the bottle's up and then reassess. Mm -hmm. Because there are some things that, you know, you... um you improve stagnation in the gallbladder, suddenly the bile is flowing, it's not a problem anymore, and you don't need to focus on that. You know, you can keep moving forward. So the answer is yes, and I do, um, I muscle test all the time. I encourage people, you know, another way to, to assess is is just to trust your sense of smell. Mm-hmm. You know, like certain uh, things, when, when you crave chocolate, that's because you need magnesium. Mm-hmm. When you crave a hamburger, you need iron. But you don't always crave chocolate. Often it's a certain time of the month, you know? And so if something smells great to you, assume that means your body needs it. If it stops smelling as good to you, like frankincense, I definitely go in and out of, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe that's not your thing that day. Right. Yeah. That was actually one thing I I, um, wrote down when I was uh, reading this is because you do talk about how important your sense of smell is and how um, direct inhalation you know, it reaches your brain the quickest. Um, and then you say in your book that smells you resonate with are attractive smells and can activate the release of positive chemical messengers, whereas aversive smells can activate your fight or flight response. So the fight or flight response, you know, is often considered an ego response, right? Because it's triggered by fear, um, which for the most part in today's world, it's not real fear. It's more like psychological versus I'm going to get killed by an animal or, you know, some kind of predator. Um, So, you know, when trying to decide which oils you need, you could just kind of figure that out by whatever you're resonating the most with, Um, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, And it's so interesting because you're right. Like, and it's, I've noticed this lately, even with myself, like I've been feeling this, this strong need to heal through smell. Like I've just been really meeting, like I was just kind of feeling a little emotionally out of balance the other day. And I was like, I just need to take a bath and put some oils with Epsom salts, like, and just that smell. I just craved it. It was so interesting. It's just, it's fascinating. Yeah. That's, I mean, I actually use that as a reset, especially when the kids were little. Um, so my favorite, Epsom salt is a great way to carry oil into the body because the skin is the largest organ. And so especially a, a hot bath because mm-hmm. heat expands the pores and Epsom salt is really magnesium. So it's relaxing. Um, I detail this in the book, but my favorite Epsom salt bath is two cups of Epsom salt one cup of baking soda, and then less is more, just two or three drops of lavender or whatever oil you like. But use your bathtub as a mixing bowl. Put the dry ingredients in first, drop the oil in and mix it before you add the water because oil and water don't mix. And if you don't do that, the oil can float on the top. Um, and also, you know, when you're using the hot water, you, you get the smell experience. It's really a full body relaxation experience. And it's a great way to use oils and, and also... Um, you know, respectful. It doesn't burn through them too quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the Epsom salt baths with oils. <laughs> if you haven't tried it, I highly recommend it. And Jody, it's amazing great recipes. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So how did you come up with these blends? Was it mostly just kind of experimentation coupled with, you know, some science, you know, human physiology? I get, I get downloads in yoga. I get really clear about what the intention is, like adrenals. And then as I'm flowing, I get really clear about, it's almost like the plants talk to me and it's like, oh, this one, this one. So then I always, I come with like a pad and a pen and I am writing down notes as I go. And sometimes I get really clear on what ratio it should be. Um, but, oh shoot, sorry. That's okay. Um, but often I just, uh, I, I kind of get get a sense of what it is, and then I, I play with it, and I have practitioners that I work with that help me test it, and then I do the research. I go back, and I understand, like, um, I'm working on one for resilience right now, and that's a combination of grounding, so root herbs like vetiver, and heart opening, so, uh, you know, flowers like blue tansy and jasmine and also elevation, which is citrus. Like those, those were the downloads I got. And then I'm like, oh, this makes complete sense. And then I just test it a lot, make sure it works. Oh, I love that. That's amazing. Um, in your practice, do you find that uh, most of your clients that you work with, they're, um, let's say they have, you know, ailments and they're related to like an energy imbalance due to maybe trauma or emotional distress or negative thinking. Um, do you find that the oils are more of an energy healing technique that, you know, treats the energy imbalance, which then naturally treats the physical imbalance? Yeah. I mean, what I find is that I think honestly, if when we don't know what to do, we do nothing. And with emotions, we've been taught to do nothing. Like big girls don't cry, stiff upper lips. So we suppress, suppress, suppress. So it kind of gets stuck in our field. And that's one thing uh, I know it works and I know how it works, but I don't talk about it because sometimes people can't get it, makes it too weird. Mm -hmm. It's easier if you talk about the science and the research, but yeah, what oil does is it helps to move stagnation. It helps with flow in plants. It does the same thing in us. Like a lot of the clinicians who are treating the chronically ill, a lot of that has to do with toxic buildup and emotions can be toxins because basically if the garbage doesn't leave your body, then the immune system is reacting to it and then it triggers inflammation and that's when the problems set in and the symptoms set in. So especially blue tansy, I love that one. A lot of emotions seem to get stuck kind of around the liver gallbladder area which is under your right breast. So a really good thing that you can do is castor oil. Castor oil is amazing for, you know, anti-inflaming and removing stagnation. Get it in a glass bottle, not a plastic bottle. But before bed, if you just wear a t-shirt that castor oil will stain, so wear something that you don't care if it gets stained, but just put like maybe a teaspoon to a tablespoon of castor oil over your liver and gallbladder and any oil that you like. Helichrysum and grapefruit are great ones, but it doesn't necessarily matter. And just do that before bed. And it just helps you with an emotional detox. But ab- absolutely, um, so so much of uh, you know our energy gets kind of stuck in our field. And when things are stuck, then they become a, a bottleneck and then they cause problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so you, you mentioned talking uh, our using oils um, on the energy points or meridians, Mm -hmm. which is often used in acupuncture. So these can be, you know, on your ears and your feet. Um, So tell us about that a little bit, like using oils on those points. 
That was, you know how sometimes you do things and you just assume everyone knows them and yeah. then you're surprised, like, wait a minute, you don't do that. <laughs> so I've been using, what what I didn't realize, because I've heard other people talk about oils and they really diminish, you know, topical application. And what I didn't realize until I looked at the research is they're assuming that topical application only works because it gets into the capillaries and then is carried to the heart and then the heart pumps it system wide and it's working that way. Um, and that is one way that they can work. And that's why they're like, oh, it's not as effective, you know, because when you smell, um, the capillaries are accessible to the surface and the nose and the skin is thinner. It does get into the bloodstream faster that way. But reflex points have kind of, it's almost like they're, this is why uh, CBD oil works because the endocannabinoid system is a different highway. You know, like in Seattle, if the main freeway I-5 is closed, we've got 99, we've got alternative routes that you can use. And for most people, the main highway is kind of the route of digestion, but there's a lot that can go on that can compromise your ability to digest, absorb, and assimilate nutrients. And so what's great is that reflex points, that's a whole different highway system in your body that we really forget about. And that's what I use all the time. And I really try to talk about that and outline it. The easiest way to understand that is um, reflex points are often divots. Like there's there's a great point. It's called spleen six. It's where all these meridians cross. It's literally um, if you put your pinky finger kind of line it up with the inside of your ankle bone and three fingers up. This this is a great point for everything for immunity. But you can find it because there's a divot, and that's where you apply the oils. So especially if you're uh, you know working from home and maybe whatever, you're not getting out as much and you don't necessarily feel comfortable going to the acupuncturist or the healer right now. There there are a lot of reflex points that you can use and that's a really powerful way to use oils, especially I know the whole topic of ingesting oils. uh, It's like coffee. I I love my coffee. I'm a Seattle girl. I never take coffee (laughs) away from someone. If you love drinking oils, keep it. I'm not taking it away from you, but I don't think it's as efficient as say topically applying an oil on a digestive point. Mm-hmm. Right, that makes sense. Um, and Jody does outline these acupressure points and reflexology points in her book that you can find. You know, certain parts of the ear, or the feet that relate to certain parts of your body. So that's awesome. So kind of on this um, energy topic, do you find certain oils are good for balancing certain chakras? Um, I do. And the reason I haven't really kind of written about that is because I think that there's a lot going on within different chakras. Like I have a thyroid blend that I know is really good for the throat chakra and a heart blend that I know is good for the heart chakra. But the third chakra is challenging because there's a lot going on there and a lot of uh, different interests kind of um, at the same time. So I guess the answer is yes and, you know, um, there there can be more than one thing going on. Like root chakra is grounding. So those kind of grounding herbs that we talked about, you know, um, third eye is intuition, you know, and we have a pineal gland blend that we call circadian rhythm that's good for that. The, the answer is yes and there's more to that story. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. The chakras, I mean, there's lots going on there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, do you find that combining oils with intention amplifies their power? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what, I mean, first of all, frankincense and myrrh was a blend 
But yeah, the more you combine intention, and that that's part of the reason that I really went to great detail to explain what is going on so that you can understand what is going on and you can get really clear on what you want to happen. Yeah, I, I think that's hugely part of what's, you know, their benefit. Because mm-hmm. it's almost like they're worker bees and they just want instructions. And the more right. clear you can get, you know, like manifesting, the more clear you are in really defining what you want them to do, the better they can show up and do it. Yes, absolutely. Perfect. So you mentioned the pineal gland um, and its role in like every aspect of your body's functioning, essentially. Um, and the pineal gland, you know, in many spiritual practices is often referred to as a third eye, right? Because it literally has rods and cones. Um, like an actual eye. And you mentioned in your book that the pineal gland releases certain chemicals such as DMT, which is a catalyst for higher states of consciousness and intuition. And you also talk about how certain environmental toxins such as aluminum and fluoride can calcify your pineal gland, preventing it from producing you know, melatonin, for example, for sleep. Um, now, I've also read that this calcification inhibits your intuition and ability to connect with your third eye. So, you know, of course, this is a big discussion in the spiritual community. Um, so how can working with essential oils help prevent this calcification process? Yeah, I, I 100% agree. And there's a researcher, Stephanie Senoff, who looks at aluminum glyphosate and fluoride and how they basically cause a perfect storm and work together. You know, like it's interesting with glyphosate. Everyone's like, oh, it's safe, it's safe. But what they, they didn't do is they looked at it in isolation. You know, like if you've ever been to a kid's science fair, what happens when you combine Coke and Mentos? They explode. But they're safe individually. So yeah, it, it hugely, I mean, that that's um, a big part of, I think, what's going on right now and why people are so dumbed down. So the, what oils do, you know, they kind of unravel. It's a little bit like um, anyone who knits, you start off, you have to kind of unravel the yarn, you know, or untangling hair. It really helps to decongest and, and help, you know, turn on the pineal glands so that it functions better. But yeah, I think um, after kind of activating the vagus nerve, anything you can do to reboot your pineal gland is hugely beneficial on on all levels, physical, mental, and emotional health and spiritual. Absolutely. Okay. Awesome. So speaking kind of on this topic, so which oils do you recommend to connect to your spirituality? Um, Like you mentioned going into yoga, do you put certain oils on before you go into yoga to kind of maybe help stimulate those downloads that you get? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, honestly, I think the parasympathetic state is everything. I talked a little bit about selective attention. So when you're uh, when you're in danger, your pupils, the black part of your eyes, get really big, like saucers, and that allows you to take in specific information. Because if you might die and you're contemplating your navel, you're going to die, right? You need to be a little bit strategic. Where am I going to run to to escape? How am I going to fight back? So certain options are kind of shut down for from you. And when you're able to access your parasympathetic nervous system, it's like you're able to access all potential. So um, I do like, I think that citrus blends are really uplifting. Uh, My favorite, I like orange. I just think that it's affordable. You know, bergamot and neroli are also good. They're a little bit more expensive, but just smelling orange, it kind of opens you up to, you know, your spiritual. I, I basically like a combination of 
grounding. So I give a recipe for a grounding blend. It's vetiver, sandalwood, um, cedar, lavender, and frankincense. And then also kind of a heart-centered focus. So jasmine, rose, any kind of floral essence. And then citrus kind of opens up. It's what, you know, when you do a sound healing session, they they ground you, they kind of open up your um, connection, your higher connection, and they center you in your heart. So I think oils can do similar things. I love tuning forks. I'm, I'm a big fan of sound therapy. And I think that you can also combine things. The more you layer on, you know, like oils with tuning forks, with intention, with time in nature, you know, like with movement, like less, less is not more with this. Like the, you know, everything kind of supports each other. Yes. I love that. I I was thinking that too. Like I was thinking about, um, you know, meditation combining with breath work. Right. And then if you're using oils to, you know, inhale using oils with your breath work would just be amazing. And that would just really amplify that parasympathetic state. Um, and then of course, yes, setting the intention along with it. Yeah. Like it's just such a beautiful combination. Yeah. It's a nice, it's not a magic bullet necessarily in and of itself, but it's really nice in combination. And one, one thing I want to mention with the pineal gland, it's really interesting because most people forget their dreams. They don't remember their dreams. And the more you decalcify your pineal gland, the more you remember your dreams, you know, and your intuition. Yes. Yes. And there's lots that go on in the dream state, right? Like yeah. you do a lot of work that you don't realize. And um, yeah. yes, it's, it's, it is interesting how some dreams just feel so real. And then some of them are just kind of like, well, it's just a weird dream. <laughs> yeah. Or they can, they can be very, uh, you can solve a lot of problems in your dream. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So this is just some kind of a funny um thing that I noticed, um, and, and people who want uh, listen to this podcast know that I love numerology. <laughs> so I talk about it all the time. And I noticed that in your book, you use the number five a lot, you know, five set protocol, five keys to health, etc. cetera. Um, and five in numerology symbolizes freedom. So I feel <laughs> like, isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like that, like, this um, following the steps in this book can really provide the freedom in your life, you know, freedom from illness and health issues and mental health issues and that, you know, maybe holding you back. Um, so anyway, I was just curious, was that purposeful? No, you know what's or? really funny? I mean, if any of your listeners are moms, when your kids are little, it's hard to leave them. And my college friends, every year we'd take a girl's trip and I would be so anxious about leaving my kids. And then one year, um, they were both like big athletes. They would call me and they're like, okay, I hurt my arm. Is it nerve repair? And, you know, they just, it was like, I wasn't leaving them because they had these oils and they knew how to use them. So I didn't actually have to be there. Mm -hmm. I just had to validate. Yep. You made the right choice. Yep. Yep. That's awesome. (laughs) Okay. So if you were stranded on a deserted island and you could only have one essential oil, what would that be? Oh, lavender. Because, you know, if you're stranded on a desert island, you're going to get a sunburn and lavender is the best (laughs) and it's relaxing. It's really the all around oil. Yeah. Yeah. And that one's pretty inexpensive. And yeah, I feel like that's just one of those oils. Like, like if you have a starter kit, like lavender would be 
number one for sure. Well, and especially it's, you know, some of them, um, you know, are woodsy or people don't like patchouli. You know, some of them are, are more advanced tastes. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's like everyone, when, when they drink, they start with wine coolers because scotch <laughs> is too much, you know. Lavender right. and orange um, and peppermint and lemon, I think, are really good starting points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are good ones. Love those. So one question I get a lot is uh, where can people buy good quality essential oils that aren't super expensive? Um, Quality, there's a lot of fear mongering in this space. And, you know, anyone that's ever kind of had an herb garden knows that you really don't need pesticides to grow peppermint and basil and all of these things. So the ones that are more commonly adulterated are like uh, jasmine rose. Um, if you can buy organic plant therapy has organic oils, I, I say do that, mm-hmm. but don't get, don't let that impede your ability to start. I mean, all of our oils are either organic and wildcrafted and you can get them at vibrantblueoils.com. But if you're just starting out, just go to a health food store and, you know, smell and pick one that you like the best and mm-hmm. start there. Mm-hmm. So I know Whole Foods, they carry a lot of oils. And so that's yep. a good place to start. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And and don't, you know, I, I feel like most people are discerning, you know, like if you go to the mall and you walk by that bath candle store, they don't smell right. They don't smell yeah. like nature, but the Whole Foods oils smell totally fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, good. Good. So what is, I think you kind of mentioned this before, but what is one thing that you wish to impart from this book? You know, uh, there's this, uh, I'm Jewish, so we were raised like learning about the Holocaust. And Holocaust survivor Viktor Frankl in Man's Search for Meaning talks about between the stimulus and the response, there is a pause. And in that pause, you know, lies a lot of power. And I think that activating your vagus nerve to stimulate the parasympathetic state, that is your pause. That is when, um, you know, your husband's screaming because he can't find something and your kids are having a meltdown and your mom is calling and whatever you're cooking is burning. That moment, if you can activate the parasympathetic nervous system and pause, even though everything around you is crazy, you can, you know, turn off the heat, tell your husband one second, calm your child, you know, like you, you can do it all and, and it doesn't feel overwhelming. Yes. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Joni. This was awesome. You know, I just, I love this book. Again, I'm going to hold it up here. Oh, thank you. Um, I've ordered several copies already for my family. Thank you. Um, Because I, every time I was reading, I was like, gosh, you know, my sister would love this. My friend would love this part. Like there's so many great things in here. It's super interesting. You provide, you know, a lot of the science behind the why, uh, but in such an easy to understand way that makes sense. Um, And, you know, I learned so much more about essential oils than I ever knew before. So this has been awesome. Um, I definitely recommend this book for anyone interested in working with essential oils as a healing tool or even just advancing your own practice um, and knowledge in this area if you've already been working with them. 
Um, so Jody, where can we find this book? Where can we purchase this or any other books well, it, written? Every, everywhere that books are sold. And if you go to boostthebrainbook.com slash gift, there's a free bonus chapter on 25 other ways to activate your vagus nerve. And then I also have a bunch of like kind of book bonus gifts that if you go to boostthebrainbook.com slash gift, you can then find out about and download and have access to. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And I noticed too, on your Vibrant Blue Oils website, um, you can purchase the book there and um, you offer some some extra goodies and some, some bonus uh, features there too, as well. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That is the okay. goal. Okay. Great. Awesome. Okay. And so you can also find Jody on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Pinterest, and YouTube by searching Vibrant Blue Oils. And of course, you can go to the vibrantblueoils.com website where you can learn all about essential oils and purchase them and take classes as well. That's cool. Um, and um, if there's if someone wishes to contact you or work with you, how would they go about doing that? Oh, just send us an email at okay. info at vibrantblueoils.com. Okay, great. Okay. Well, thank you so much again, Jody, for taking the time to speak with us about, you know, the power of using nature to heal and bringing vitality and wellness to our everyday lives. You're truly an inspiration. Thank you again so much for opening up your your heart and your mind and all your beautiful wisdom and shining your light for us. Um, and just helping us to empower ourselves to self-heal. It truly is incredible. So thank you again so much. All right. Thank you for your time. Good to meet you. You too. That's it for today, guys. But remember to keep it spiritual, but keep it simple. I'll see you next time. Thank Bye. you. Bye. As you go along your spiritual journey, I encourage you to take what resonates and discard the rest. This podcast is intended to introduce spiritual topics in a simple way to inspire you to conduct your own individual research and seek your own truth. Disclaimer, the information and opinions expressed in this podcast are not meant to diagnose, treat, or replace any medical or psychological care.